And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. Hey, Frank, a little birdie told me you don't need a satellite dish to get DirecTV. What's the little birdie? Was it Jimmy the Sparrow? It's a figure of speech. Point is, you can stream DirecTV over the internet now. Oh, sure. Next you're going to tell me those big birds are made of metal and filled with people, right? <laughs> you mean airplanes? Stream DirecTV without a satellite dish. Visit DirecTV.com. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10. Place your first bet on any game and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Welcome to Front and Nationwide, the Athletics Columbus Blue Jackets podcast. This is Aaron Fortson of the Athletic with Allison Lucan. Hello. And Tom Reed. Good morning. Yes. And we are here. It is Friday. The Blue Jackets beat the Florida Panthers last night 5-4. to four. They practice here today uh, on the Miami side of, of Florida and then head over to the Gulf Coast, which is still standing apparently after big uh, Hurricane Mike went through. Um, Blue Jackets versus the Lightning on Saturday. Blue Jackets are 3-1. and one. I don't think they're entirely thrilled with their play, but they earned a pretty solid win over the Colorado Avalanche earlier this week. Um, showed some resolve amid their sloppiness on Thursday in beating the Panthers 5-4. to four. Cam Atkinson, the game winner with... A little over two and a half minutes left uh, to seal that one. Um, some interesting things going on with the Blue Jackets right now. Um, and one of them, it, it's funny how when a coach says things are going to be this way and then sticks to his word, sometimes we go, wow, you know, that, this is shocking. And if you look at the coach's words, you go, well, that's kind of what they said to expect. Decision to start Yunus Corpusalo last night. Uh, against the Panthers. We are so used to Sergei Bobrovsky almost making his own schedule, almost uh, using that backup position as nothing more than, okay, Sergei, does, Sergei said he needs a break today. And John Tortorella has said from uh, the late summer before camp even started that 
it has to be different this year. That that John that Jonas Corposalo deserves a chance to stretch his legs, and if he's playing well, hold on to the net. Uh, so let's let's talk about this. I think the decision to start Corposalo last night was interesting. Sure, just because it's further proof that that a different tack is 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 being taken here. But I think the really interesting one now is Saturday um, because Corpusello has played really well and now you've got a decision to make. Um, and I, so let's, let's sort of walk through this. How interested are you that Corpusello started last night and how surprised, if at all, are you that John Tortorella and the coaching staff, Manny Legacy has to say in this as well, are sticking to their guns with with uh, playing both of these goaltenders. Tom, you want to take a crack at this first? Uh, I'm not. I wasn't. I'm not really surprised that he started last night. You know, they have another game in Tampa uh, to jump ahead a little bit. I would be surprised. Uh, I think it would say a lot more if he does start against Tampa uh, on Saturday, uh, because that would, you know, that would be a lot of rest for Bob in between. Yes. Uh, so yeah, that would be a a mild surprise. And you're right. I mean, they have stuck to their guns on this. Uh, and Corpusalo has played well. <laughs> I think Torch was uh, what did he say? It was the most uh, one of the best four goal games he's ever seen by a goalie yeah. last night. Right. Uh, and he's always, you know, and and of course, all what hangs over all this, of course, is Bob's contract situation. But Porty, you and Allison both know this. He has liked Corpusalo from the beginning. He mentioned again he loves his attitude. Uh, nothing phases him. He gives up a couple of goals at the end of the first and second period. Uh, we'll just move on. We'll see how things go. And I think the team really appreciates his attitude because Corpy has been in some wild games over the last two or three years. You think about some of the wildest games this team has had uh, since Torts has got here, especially the last two years. It's always Corpy involved. I mean, there was the, yeah. wasn't there the Porter, you were at a seven six game in yeah. Ottawa a That's couple right. years ago. I was at a game last year in Boston that was just crazy, uh, and Corpy always seems to be involved in these games, and nothing phases him. So, and and again, he at some point, you know, we they want they want to get a good read on this guy because they don't know where Bob's going to be at the end of this year. Yeah, I, I completely agree. I, I was not surprised. I, I was, in fact, pleased to see that the team is sticking to what they said, as, as Tom illustrated. I think it's right to give the player the opportunity and also to see what the team has in Corpusalo, if or if not, Bobrovsky is going to be here long term. And I, what I uh, pointed out in my article yesterday, and, and the trend continues, is that if you look at straight save percentage, Mm-hmm. Both Corpy and Bob are faltering a little bit early this year compared to last, but both of them are outperforming what they should be doing in terms of save percentage based on the shots they're facing. So both of them are, are playing better than expected in terms of what they're seeing in games. And, and I think Corpy, and again, it's early, but Corpy continues to deserve to get his chances in the net. It, it's a healthy thing for a team to have two good goaltenders, even if one has two Vesnos to his name. Yeah. I plan to ask John this today because I, I think uh, it's been so easy here. Bob starts until Bob's tired. Um, oh, geez, it's been three weeks. We better get – is Corpy – where is Corpy, by the way? Is he here? Is he? <laughs> 
we got to stick him in there and give him a breather. Geez, Corpy played great, but we're going back to Bob tomorrow. Now, the for the first time, I think, since Tortorella has been here, I think it's a nightly discussion now, at least it is so far, because Corpy's played well enough. And I agree with you. I mean, Allison, you're look, you always look at these things in a sort of a deeper under-the-skin level than we do. But Corpusello's save percentage is, is less than impressive. But I think if you watch either of his games, you'd say, wow, I mean, he made some, some brilliant saves in Detroit. He was fantastic at times last night. And the goals that he did allow, two of them were on flat two-on-one oh two breakaways. Yeah. Uh, I mean, you know, not much you can do there. But he, he made some tremendous saves last night. I think this is going to be super, super interesting. Tom, you touched on it a little bit. Is there is there any argument for starting Corpusalo Saturday in Tampa, or do you keep going back and forth with both of them? Because I think if you do start, you may have said this, if you start Corpusalo Saturday, now you're on to something. Now now you've, you've yeah. picked it almost, yeah. almost. Yeah, I would be surprised if we didn't go back to Bob. And I think maybe too, you know, maybe maybe this is overthinking it a little bit, but you know, Bob's certainly taking notice. I, I think he's trying to be very diplomatic in his public comments, but he's got to be thinking, what's going on here? Yeah. What am I, you know? And again, all of it is 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 uh, looked at with the idea that he is he's not the the long term goalie here right now. But, you know, you, maybe a little bit is to keep motivating Bob, too, or, or what's going on here. Keep him a little unsure. Uh, yeah, I think it's healthy. I, I, it, to this point, I don't think it's a problem. I do think it would be very interesting if they would start Corpy again in Florida. Yeah. I'm sorry, in Tampa. Yeah. Allison, you, you, where are you at with that? Yeah, no, I agree. I think if, if, he, if he gets two straight, uh, that's something to talk about. But uh, again, I think going back and forth, if I had to guess is what they're going to do. Um, and, and I would just also offer one other comment on all of this. I mean, look at the scores that are coming from around the league too. I mean, the goal scoring is up. So this is why, again, to your point, Porty, and, and some of what I was saying, you know, save percentage, we've got to look at some different numbers this year in evaluating goalies across the league, in my opinion, because, because the game is looking a little different right now. Yeah. And, and I think it, for whatever reason, the last several years here, it's been like this, just crazy early. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And goalies just take a beating the first two weeks of the season. It seems like you see all these eight to five scores and yep. seven to six. I mean, the blue, the game last night was, was, was just crazy. Um, and you know, there, there are other teams that have been in involved in some rear, like Carolina, for some reason, yes. they played a game against Columbus. It was just brutal, but they've been, uh, electric against other teams uh, yeah. so far. So, and it's, really- it's, it's interesting to note too, you know, I, I know some of the, the folks who, who are really goalie experts are paying more attention to this, but we've talked to both of the jackets goaltenders about this. Remember these guys are playing in new pads this year, um, right. and are getting, there are some areas where the puck is getting through to their bodies where maybe it didn't before. <laughs> so yeah. uh, these guys are adapting to some different equipment as well. Um, and, and who's to say what impact that has to your point early. I think everyone's going to adapt nicely, but just, just something they, to keep in mind. I think they must've moved the net 16 inches to the right on James Reimer last night. Cause he, he could not cover that, that side. I mean, that was, well, look, you think about it, the difference in the game, Corpy played well for four goals, 
those were some horrific goals yes. for Dreimer, including the Boone Jenner goal. Oh, and really, yeah. Duclair, who, who, who's done a nice job, I think we'll probably get to him in a minute, but that was, he had like three feet over there. It seemed like, I'm sure it wasn't three feet, but there were a couple of bad goals that James Reimer let in. Agree. Yeah, he, he sniped that. He, I mean, he waited a bit to declare on that shot. Let's get to him now. Speaking of, of people adapting, he, he signed here. Um, his agent basically said he needs a, a boot somewhere near his posterior at this point in his career. And the player agreed, and he came to camp, and he he spoke yesterday about keep, keeping himself in training camp mode, carrying that philosophy throughout the season, uh, which is going to be harder and harder to 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 achieve, I think, for him because he's getting more and more responsibility in here. And and Tortorella, it it sure looks like they are starting to utilize him, uh, like Sam Gagne was used. And it's a similar role. They're not similar players. I think I think um, Duclair is probably more skilled than than people here, myself included, realized. He is super fast, which is not something Gagne had in his tool bag. Um, he can skate his way uh, into scoring chances and and out of trouble. So John Tortorella has now elevated him to the first power play unit. Talk about a meteoric rise. He took. Uh, essentially Cam Atkinson's spot on the first power play unit, which would have been, I think, unthinkable for many three weeks ago. Um, he he went in on the first unit last night on the left side. Artemi Panarin, of course, Duclair bounced Panarin from his spot. Panarin goes over to the right side. And they had Jenner in, in uh, net front and Felino in the middle. Anthony Duclair scores his first goal with the Blue Jackets. He's had a couple of other points. He has elevated his game and moved up, and at six hundred and fifty grand a year, the Blue Jackets feel like they may really have something here. And I go back again to the Gagne thing. Again, different players, but could be a, a very similar find for these guys um, this season as compared to the, the year Gagne really, really helped them. Allison, any thoughts on this? Yeah, no, I, I think I, I definitely agree with everything that you've said. I, I have n- noticed the player going back to camp um, in the right ways, right? He's playing in a way that draws the eye that makes you notice him. Um, And I think that it's paying off. I mean, this is a guy who, when we talked to him at the beginning of camp, it was, was free and willing to say he wasn't happy with what the first few years of his career looked like and that it's not a good look for a player to bounce around as he has. Um, So I like, the effort he's putting in. Um, it will be interesting to your point to see what kind of consistency we see from him. But I, you know, people were talking a lot last night about chemistry with Panarin with him, but I actually like the line he's on. Um, I think that his speed is a nice compliment to a guy like Wenberg who wants to distribute the puck to someone who can zip in and out of lanes. Um, I think that works nicely with someone like Wenny who can anticipate where a player should or could be. Um, yeah. Felino kind of bangs around down there too, to create some space as well. And, and I'm, this is a player I'm excited to watch this season. I want to see what he can do. He's, he's not blowing the doors off yet uh, statistically, but I, but I, I feel good about what he's doing out there. His speed causes problems. No, no question. That's the thing that 
jumps out at you. Uh, and just, I think the question with him, and this is probably why he's in the situation he is, can he maintain it? I think people have probably seen it at every stop. But it's just a matter of, all right, can he keep playing like this? So certainly a good start. And if, 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 if this is the player the Blue Jackets are getting all season, to your point, Aaron, uh, what a find he's going to be. Uh, so I think the question will be in November and December, is he the same player? And if he has spells where he's not going well, how does he react to that? So far, it's been really everything has been positive. He knew he was going to come in pretty much at a low rung, uh, you know, signed with that kind of contract. Right, and all right. he's done is overperformed at this point. But naturally, at every player goes through this. There's going to be spells where the puck's not going in or where they're just not having a good night. And that the question becomes there, how is he going to react to it? Because he's been in this situation before. Yeah. Uh, I think one thing we've learned about John Tortorella is if somebody says he can't do something, he wants to do it. If somebody <laughs> says it's probably not going to work out between this player and that coach, he almost goes exceedingly the other way. And I referenced Thomas Vanek last year at the trade deadline. Yeah. It was like a former player said, geez, this might not work. And a day after they signed him, Tortorella's got everybody in the media said, there's no way this is going to work. And we're like, who said, who said that? Like, <laughs> but, and he, he was so excited every day to say, I love Thomas Vanek and we're not fighting at center ice. We love each other. You people are all wrong. Um, I think he really gets on board with the kid like this. I, I mean, I, I I, I think he would be the first to light it up if the kid wasn't doing what he needed to do. But I think he really likes to see situations like this work. I think most coaches really do. Um, I, you know, again, it, it's funny that like, usually it goes in little steps. Now he's elevated to the second power play unit. Now he's on the third line. Well, Declare has moved up and has played last night with, with Felino and Wenberg. Um, and then he's on the, the first power play unit. And after the game, uh, Tortorella notes, you know, he's got pretty good chemistry with Artemi Panarin. So if I'm Cam Atkinson, I'm thinking that goal, the game-winning goal last night was pretty important for me. Yeah. Um, because you hear he's just taking your job on the power play. The coach is saying, boy, he works pretty well with nine, doesn't he? And you wonder how much longer uh, that would go before he gets a shot up there in the first line. I don't think any of these lines are set in stone, just given the way that they that they played last night. Um, but there's they've got he's got a, a player, he's got some wrinkles that he can tweak and play around with. Um, and don't don't you yeah. think forty two to the the point that you you highlighted in your piece last night? I mean, talking about the kind of guy Torts is, this is a guy who when he starts to notice guys just expecting to go over the boards, oh. that's something else he's going to say, uh-uh, you know? So right. it, I think that's very much true to who he is as well. Just And just a great, great focus point for you in bringing it all home, what kind of spells this change in addition to, to guys earning it with their play. I, I love that little – I love that the coach rec- sees those little details and that sure. it irks <laughs> And that <laughs> it irks him because <laughs> – in another situation, he might say, these guys can't wait to get over the boards. Right. They know who they are. They're comfortable in who they are, and they can't wait to get out there and attack it. But he had bugged him that the arm went up. Colorado's called for penalty. 
And a couple guys have their leg over the board like, well, I'm the first power play guy, right? And he sensed entitlement, and it bugged him. And so he made some changes. Um, and I don't think he's not I'm really careful to go to point this out. I think it was paragraph two. He's not, like, angry with people, and he's not saying that these guys are entitled and they feel this certain way. He just saw a little inkling of it, and it bugged him. And so part of the explanation for why the power play changed around is that he wants two units that are balanced, but tell that to the guy that's on the second unit. I don't think, <laughs> I don't think they're fully on board with that. Tom, thoughts on you? you we saw just a little bit because they scored so quickly, but what the power play units look like um, and the changes made on those on those two. We don't know what the second unit looks like, but what the first unit looked like. I mean, that five on three was terrific, and, and we've and we've all seen five on threes. You don't score in one early in the game, and it just ruins a lot part of your night. It energizes yeah. the other team, and that was a case of wow. I mean, they came so close to scoring a couple times there and put it in the net, and that just that started a, a pretty good evening for the power play. And yeah. The second goal was terrific, too. Again, that was the one Reimer, I don't know, he's still not to his right post yet. You're all um, over, Reimer. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it's uh, good on DeClaire for, for moving up there and good on Torts for recognizing this. And, and maybe this gives this power play unit, which was so maligned last year and early to start this year, uh, some confidence. Um, and it's good to see – it's good to see going back to Zach Wierenski for a second. Uh, Torts noted this last night, uh, just that little half slapper that we, yes. that we came so accustomed to seeing last year or two years ago that because he was wearing, uh, the, uh, the harness or whatever you want to call the apparatus, uh, for his shoulder injury, he just really wasn't able to, to have a full range of motion and shoot the puck the way he did last year. And my goodness, that the goal was uh, an example of a goal that we saw him score uh, often in his rookie season. Yeah, and I still haven't seen him just really unleash a slap shot yet. Like it felt like the even the goal he scored last night was aimed, uh, which it was. I think he thought he had so much time he could do that. Uh, but you can tell that the shoulder's becoming less and less an issue. You know, it's funny for you. I'll be interested to see it. And I know that that was supposed to be, I think you wrote about this in his offseason between his rookie year and his second year, working on a, the one-time slapper. But yeah. it's, it, it, had never, it had never really been part of his game. And right. I'll be interested to see whether it, it ever really becomes a big part of his game. He, I, yeah, you'd like to see him shoot it a little bit, but. I don't even remember him trying it yet this year. I might be wrong. You, yeah, you guys, not this year. But there were times early last year we went, oh, that's new. Yeah, he didn't have that club in his bag as a rookie. Um, but we haven't seen one of those just yet. And to your point, I, I don't think it is a natural setting for him. That one last night, he had so much net this time on to Reimer's left that he could sort of wait and say, oh, I'll put it. You know what? I'll put it right there. And he just kind of sort of thought. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, sticking with the defense, and, and this is um, looking ahead a bit. Murray and Nudavara have been have been really solid as a as a second, and on some nights a first pair. Uh, and it should be noted the Blue Jackets are three and one without Seth Jones. That's uh, that's what good teams do. They get through. Um, 
But what do you do? with Murray working so well with New Novara, and you can assume, I think, safely that Savard's coming back uh, off of Wierenski's pair when Seth Jones comes in back into the lineup. That they'll go Wierenski Jones, and I don't think they want to split up Murray New Novara. Are you? It, it, does it make sense to you that David Savard becomes a third pairing defender here in the Blue Jackets? That's what it kind of looks like to me. I'm wondering if you guys see it the same way, Allison. Yeah, I mean, it, it. this is a similar discussion like we had with the lines earlier in the season, right? Is that it's maybe not even a quote-unquote third pair, right? It's just this is the third group of two guys because I don't, I don't think you can split up Nudie and Murr. Uh, you know, they played together so much last year as well and played so well last year. They're playing so well now. Jones and Wierenski go back together. I think it's been interesting to note, and this is not a slight on Wierenski at all, but you know he he is maybe not as dynamic with David Savard as he is with Seth Jones. Um, sure. And that's that's a multitude of things, of course. Um, but I think that Savard is is moved out of that pairing and is put on the third pairing, and maybe it just means that minutes are are distributed differently. But I I don't think you can separate those other two as, as constructed the tricky thing is going to be for me like like i'm going to look at the box score really quick as we're as we're talking here the third pair last night was Clendenning and harrington correct and yeah they didn't play 11 minutes they were right just just short of 11 minutes both of them it's going to be it's tricky because yes savard's going to play more than 11 minutes a night but it it's going to be hard to get a minutes beyond how much he trusts the third pair if the game doesn't go to special teams a lot, if he's not right. killing a ton of penalties. Right. Um, and so it's going to be a little bit weird to think of um, David Savard as a 13, 14 minute guy after him being, I mean, he's been, I think he was, he's been over 20 minutes now for four or five years. I think um, he's getting a lot of minutes right now, but that could be curbed really uh, dramatically when Seth Jones comes back, all of a sudden they got too many defensemen again, Tom, what's going on? Well, I don't know. That's not the, that's not going to be the case. Uh, <laughs> I think the way yeah, you even saw it at the end of last night's game. Um, I think in the last couple of minutes you saw uh, Murray out with Savard and what, what we might see in end of game situations. If, 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 if this does happen as we think it might, if Savard plays in the third pairing, if they are trying to protect a one-goal lead late in the game, you may yeah, see yeah. what happened with uh, Rorensky early in his career where he was taken off and uh, Murray was moved up. Remember, all through his rookie year and some last year, that would happen. I noticed at the end of the game last night that they they had moved. Uh, and Nudovar, I don't think, was he, – he did – I think Nudovar may have gotten on right at the end, but there was a shift or two where it was Savard and uh, Murray – uh, protecting a one goal lead, uh, but yeah, I, I, yeah, it's it's an interesting, it's a good problem to have. But as my former Browns coach Mike Pettin said, it's still a problem. So I'll, it'll be interesting to see how the how they work through this and how they're able to continue to keep Savard getting minutes. Because let's be honest, there's no reason. I mean, David Savard has done nothing wrong. It's just that the yeah. other guys seem to play well together, and it's it's part of. The idea that, you know, when Ian Cole left, he kind of lost his natural partner. Right. Um, and, you know, the For injury, seven, seven. yeah, the, and the injury 
gave him a chance to play first. You know, you, you go from moving up to the first first pair, and all of a sudden, hey, you got to go back to the third pair after right. this. So it's strange, but I, I think it'll work itself out. I think the more interesting thing is going to be who's going to be the who's going to finally settle in and be that sixth defenseman, or is it going to be an entire season of all right, we're going to give uh, you know this guy this chance. Harrington's going to play tonight. I think they would love to be able to solidify uh, who's that who's that number six defenseman. I think it's Harrington. How's that? Did I stun you? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I mean, I, I guess I don't necessarily have a problem with that, but I'm just saying I don't right now. I don't. I can't say with any certainty yeah. that. But, but yeah, maybe. Yeah. But and yeah. like here's here's the thing. Let's assume Ian Cole is still here, right? Let's just for sake of argument say he's here. Right now, it, and let's let's assume that Seth Jones is is in his natural spot with Wierenski. Right now, are Ian Cole and David Savard the better pair over Murr and Nuti? I mean, they're playing so well. I don't know that even if Ian Cole was here that they're still the second pair. How about that? Wow. Well, last night probably wasn't the best example of, of Murray and Nudevar together. That that was a bit of a struggle. Nudevar ended up having the nice assist at the end where he got it to the net, but they, they had some they had some struggles last night. Nudevar sure. stepped on the puck. Um, that was a kind of a, uh, there were a couple of, of head scratching moments in that game last night and not just with that pair, but, uh, oh. uh the first goal at the end of the, 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 the goal at the end of the first period, Torts had to be pulling his hair out. I mean, that is one of the craziest goals I've seen them allow just yes. with 10 seconds left. Uh, you know, what's his name? Uh, Wenberg gets stripped of the puck. Came back and, and tries to go, goes right at the, goes right at the, at the who who scored the goal? I can't remember who's Barkov. Oh, Bark? no, it was but Dadnov. Uh, Dadnov. Okay. Yeah. And just, you know, doesn't get the right angle because he's just a fraction late. And it just goes blowing down in the final seconds of the period. It was, uh, ooh, it took him like in a period to kind of get that out of his system, it seemed like. Yeah. Oh, God. And then they gave up another one late in the second. Yeah. Oh, yeah, and they, they got through it. Um, hey, say this about them. All of their defensemen were better than Keith Yandel last night. Oof. Holy Lord. Well, that was a that was unbelievable. Did that come through on TV where you're what is he doing? <laughs> like five different times. Seriously, what is he thinking? Um, <laughs> anyways, yeah. So. Uh, Blue Jackets move on now Saturday to Tampa Bay. Uh, always a always an interesting place to play for the Blue Jackets. They've had some really wild games there. And then after that, they've got five out of six at home. So a chance to kind of settle settle in here. And they're off to a pretty good start, considering I don't think they've played, I think they've played great here. Um, I think they, they have played really well at times, but I don't think they're over – Overly pleased with the way that they've played in the first four games, and yet here they are in pretty good standing. So that'll that'll do it for this show. Thanks. This is uh, the Front and Nationwide podcast. If you're listening to this and interested in a subscription, try theathletic.com slash front and nationwide, front A-N-D nationwide. Uh, there's a special rate there, seven-day trial. Uh, you can check out the Blue Jackets coverage on The Athletic, and you get coverage from all 31 
it's all the NH and all the NFL teams. It's across baseball. It's everything you could imagine. Now the NBA is just firing up as well. Um, so give that a listen. Thanks to David Cook for our intro music. Thanks to Allison Krauss and Union Station for being the greatest band ever. And thanks for Allison Lucan and Tom Reed for joining us. And we'll be back with you next Tuesday to talk more Blue Jackets on the Athletics Podcast. Take care.